It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's a Tuesday, and into double digits for the month of May. It is the 10th this morning, and coming up, we're going to have a look at this tragic situation of a WA woman who was getting ready to move into her new home, then ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Also, the home went all through a scammer. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. Well, let's have a look at weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney and expecting the wet stuff with some showers and a high of 23 degrees. Melbourne, mostly fine, 19. Brisbane, rain to increase and expecting a top of 22 degrees. And in Perth, morning smoke. And then the fine stuff is going to turn up a mainly fine day with 24 degrees. We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. Well, properties in the $3 million club are expanding at a rapid rate. For example, as PropTrack reported yesterday in Byron Bay in 2019, the median house price was $1.45 million, but two years down the track it has a median of just over $3 million. More than 85% of suburbs in the $3 million club are in Greater Sydney with areas in the northern pocket of the city, as well as the northern beaches most likely to appear very soon on the list, including Arcadia in the Balcom Hills and the Hawkesbury area of Sydney is within just $12,500 of hitting that $3 million median house price. Also in Sydney, Lane Cove is just $21,000 away, closely followed by North Manly with $50,000 to go. And outside of New South Wales, 7% of the $3 million sub are in Melbourne, all within a short distance of the city, and the suburb of Dalkeith in Perth also reached $3 million back in January, making it the second West Australian suburb to join the club along with its neighbour, Peppermint Grove. So the demand for quality properties, as illustrated in that list, isn't waning. If you've got a question that needs answering, you can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Well, you've no doubt heard by now about the Western Australian woman who was about to become a brand new homeowner when she lost more than $700,000 with a single click on her computer. She was buying a property in Beaconsfield last month when she received an email from someone she thought was her settlement agent. The emailer had sent through an authentic looking document and asked that she deposit the money into her bank account prior to settlement. The message came via a generic hotmail address that used the agency's name. And it was only discovered as fraud when the real real estate agent reminded her about making the payment prior to carrying out the final property inspection. By then, it was too late. She lost about 700 
$1,832,000. So what can you do to make sure that this doesn't happen to you? To discuss this, I've got Daniel Kelly, a real estate agent from Ray White, probably relaxing poolside somewhere in northern New South Wales this morning, having a latte before he goes to work. Good morning, Daniel. Welcome back. Hi, Craig. How are you? That's probably about right, isn't it? Paul side having a latte? <laughs> no, not too far off. We might try and save that for the weekend, perhaps. Bit of work to do today, but uh, but hopefully come Sunday, that'll be that'll be high on the list of things to do. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is such a bad story for this woman. I really feel for her, not to mention the excitement, the thrill, the anticipation of finally moving into her new property, the months of organising it. It's not easy to organise a new house to move into, the years of saving. And then for some, well, let's call him or her a mongrel to take all of that away in a heartbeat. I just feel for this woman so much. Yeah, I mean, you can't help but feel for these people. And unfortunately, stories are becoming more and more common as scammers become more and more savvy around the, around their ability to scam people. It's a terrible thing. And I think Australians are probably the more relaxed and trustworthy type. But uh, sadly, this is not necessarily Australians scamming Australians. It's, it's people from overseas who are, who are becoming quite talented, if you can call it that. It's a, a terrible thing, and unfortunately, once once the money's gone, it becomes extremely difficult to, to get back. So having a look at best practice, I mean, what can we be telling people this morning in terms of what they should be doing, making sure that they're dotting the I's, crossing the T, and absolutely being squeaky clean around money transfers? The tricky thing with this, Craig, is uh, you know so much of transactional-based things around real estate and business generally nowadays is is done online. Plenty of emailing, property settlements are now happening in an electronic space, which for the most part, newer technology is is very secure. But the the issue comes in the communication in preparation for that point, where you know you're talking about bank account details and amounts of money that need to be transferred and all of those sorts of things. There's Mitigating the risk around that is a real challenge and probably something that the average person doesn't necessarily keep up with because real estate transactions are not something that people do every day of the week. For some people, it's a once in a lifetime transaction and others it's, it's, you know, once every five or 10 years or so. So it's not something that we do frequently to be well versed in the risks and, and what we need to look out for. But the one common thing that we're seeing through best practice is confirming everything, whether that be a phone call or face-to-face, wherever you can in terms of bank account details that you are providing or receiving before the transaction is made. This story from the, the purchaser in Western Australia is unfortunately not the first time that this has happened. We've seen it around property purchases as well as little things like there was a previous case to this where a, a scammer did their best to replicate a landlord's email address and email the agent requesting that they change the bank account details that the rent for the property was paid to. And it went quite a number of months before the landlord noticed that the rent wasn't coming into their account. And unfortunately, their rental income for those months had, had disappeared off to an overseas account. So it's little things like that where you know you just you, you, you take it at face value, you read an email, you act accordingly. But unfortunately, when these scammers get their hands on your details and can replicate your digital identity, if I can call it that, unless someone physically picks up the phone to confirm, it can very easily be missed. 
Yeah, so that verification of the sender's email is exactly the thing to do, isn't it? Particularly be suspicious if the message comes via a generic email service provider such as a Gmail or a Hotmail. Call the sender to confirm the authenticity. You know, I was just thinking as you were explaining that, Daniel, that there's probably cases where somebody might call a number the number that they think is the legitimate number and then they've scammed it right down to having somebody sort of pretending to be the agent as well. I mean, that's kind of next level, but yeah, I mean, they are getting so sophisticated. And everyone at the moment, you know, it's so broad, the issue of scams, you know, it doesn't necessarily just relate solely to our industry either. There would be plenty of people listening to your podcast that would be very familiar with an increased rate of just random text messages through to their mobile phones at the moment saying you've got a delivery that's on its way and please confirm your details via this link. And yet, you know, no, no one's purchased anything online for a delivery to be on its way. It's just a, a relentless pursuit that these scammers have to to gather your details, to be able to access your phone or your computer remotely so that they can gather up the details that you're not providing them directly. It's unfortunately becoming more and more prolific. And we as the, the general consumer and, and people out in there in the community need to become far more vigilant, as sad as that sounds. And in terms of the real estate industry, like, do you say to a client, a vendor of yours, look, make sure that you check with us before you do any transaction? Like, is is there something whereby you're saying just double check all of this? Yeah, so we, we have a process now, and I've noticed actually a lot of solicitors and conveyances in the settlement space are following this as a best practice as well nowadays, where in any correspondence that you provide where there's a, a bank account that you are suggesting money needs to be paid to or from, that you have a, a very clear message in that that says, please call us to confirm these details before the transaction is made. And that works both ways. So in the event where our agency, for example, receives a request from a, a landlord or a vendor saying, please you know, make payment on settlement day to this account or please make payment of our monthly rent to this account moving forward, we will confirm that by way of a phone call with them before that first transaction is, is made. So, And as I said, solicited conveyances are doing that in, in the settlement space now as well, which is absolutely the right thing to do. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks for the great advice, Daniel. You have yourself a fantastic Tuesday morning. I'll let you get back poolside with that latte. (laughs) Always a pleasure, Craig. You take care. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.